the Back Row Boys. It's another Tuesday. Hutch and Steve here talking Chicago baseball, keeping it real for the fans. Um, kind of an interesting week. You got a new pitcher in on the south side, so to speak. So to speak. Um, he's been terrible. James Shields, <laughs> big game James yeah. Shields has been <laughs> big game Waynes. So Shield. Uh, yeah, I, he's given up like. Uh, More runs than innings. 16 runs in, in 15 innings yeah. or something. It's just been absolutely terrible. Right. Have you, did you watch him pitch at all? Did you see I didn't. I didn't get a chance. I was in transit. I, I listened to a little bit on the radio, and he gave up a leadoff home run to Kinsler yesterday. And then by the time I got to the TV, it was already 7 nothing. Yeah, it Somebody made the point that, you know, he's coming from a pitcher's park and going to what everyone considers a hitter's park, the cell. You call it the cell? Is that still? What do you call I, I, I still call it Comiskey. I half do the too. Time. I don't. Nobody's paying me to call it anything, <laughs> you know? Sox Park. Yeah. But that's a hitter's park. I, I think everybody kind of agrees on that. And, you know, he's a, I always been kind of a fly ball pitcher. I mean, you know, he grinds out innings and, you know, he's got, you know, yeah, but I mean that. Stuff, it, well, I mean, he's not. I mean, the ball's not flying all out of the park all over the place. He's just he's the ball's just flying in the park everywhere in gaps, and he's just giving up. I the ten runs he gave up right before he got traded. I didn't see it. I don't know how many home runs he gave up in that game when he his last game was San Diego. But uh, was well, it three straight starts now where he's just, just been, been absolutely absolutely? <laughs> he terrible. did get a no decision yesterday though. Well, you, yeah, you guys <laughs> bailed him out. I mean. You know the runs just kept coming. I mean, at, at, was it seven to nothing? Then it was seven to three, and I'm you know I'm watching the Cub game, so I, right. I, I'm not really you know paying much attention. I'm just you know I'm on Twitter. I was on Twitter a lot on Monday. Okay, and you know Cub fans are spoiled and they get so grumpy, and even <laughs> I started to get a little snarky. And at one point I said, "Well, what number is going to be higher, Chris Coughlin RBIs or uh, Miggy Montero's throwing out runners?" And oh, then one guy's okay. like, well, I think it's four either way. <laughs> okay. we, well, because you got James Shields, we picked up Chris Coglin. Right. Uh, Tommy LaStella uh, had a hammy. That's the, I guess, everyone's having hammies now. Yeah. First Solaire, now LaStella. Injury so, du jour. And he's really your only left-handed pitch hitter on the bench. And so I don't know if Oakland asked for a refund or if the Cubs asked <laughs> for Coglin back, but we traded a, a Arizmendi Alcantara. Right. Who... You know, it was funny, too. I, I looked at the Cubs' opening day lineup for 2015, and you almost don't even recognize the team now to the team now. Okay. In, in less than 14, 15 months. But he, he had, had played in 2015. He was out of options. They weren't going to bring him back. So we got Coglin, and everybody's happy. And I don't understand it. I was puzzled. I Well, well here's the thing. And, and you know, people look at, you know – it used to be you looked at average RBIs and home runs, and that determined your worth as a hitter. Right. Right. Uh, sometimes you'd look at hits. Like if a guy got 200 hits, well, obviously he's a good hitter, even if he had 600 at-bats or whatever and mm-hmm. his average wasn't so high or you know what have you. Now it's OPS. Oh, what's his OPS? What's his OPS? And if you want to be a geek and really look at numbers that are meaningful and stuff, there's a lot of ways to do it. But the minute we got Conklin back, I was like, "Oh, no!" And you know, one of the, some of the guys like that I'm on Twitter with, like you know, that are on the radio and stuff like that, or 
I, I think this one guy's on the radio. He's a producer or something, and he's like, "Oh no, his his OPS is like," and he like kind of tweeted out the guy's numbers, which on the surface look okay. Mm-hmm. However, I went to all the games, right? All right, and I know this guy doesn't drive in any runs. So he had over 500 plate appearances last year. Did he really have that many? Yeah, he had five, over wow. five, like 503, I think. Uh, 16 home runs, home runs, and 41 runs batted in. 41 runs. If you t- if the 16 homers are solo shots, which they're not, right? Right. He drove in 25 guys all year. Mm-hmm. In 480 at bats. If you take if you take the 16 take the away, homers. it's 485 <laughs> at bats. You drove you drove in 25 guys. Right. And you're a corner outfielder. I think we could do better. So then I looked up his numbers right right before the show. The year before, his OPS was a little bit higher. It was like 800-something. And he drove in 41 runs in 100 less plate appearances. Okay. So now here's a guy that doesn't drive in runs. So what happens? He come, he, he pinch hit the first gig. He came back. Comes in, second and third, two out. And I'm just like, okay, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. And he's up there. I swear to God, he's up there looking for a walk. Gets ahead of the count, 2-0, and oh, and all of a sudden, zip, zip, all of a sudden, full count. And I'm like, okay, here comes a curve. Zip, strike three. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm like, sure, he'll <laughs> double as a leadoff hit. If he leads off an inning, he may get a hit. Right. You know, yeah. he's not, like, incapable of moving his feet fast enough to, to say that he can run. But he's not all that like you're happy i mean i don't know what they're going to do with them when listella and Soler are healthy because i don't think that you keep him over fedorovic so i don't know what they're going to do right they got a lot of players to sift through and so they're going to have to make some decisions pretty quick and it was funny too because coglin ran a uh he's been in his third game i see him run the first and he's kind of like pulling at his hammy and i'm like oh you too yeah okay you got a little hammy now be outside of a phantom oblique to stay on the team. I don't know how they keep them, and I don't know how, how the how Major League Baseball really enforces stashing players. Oh like, yeah, I wouldn't know. I, that. I mean, right. if if you were a player and you knew that you were right on the edge of getting cut or getting sent down or you know whatever your situation may be, I mean, Coglin's out of options. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you're going to lose him. I don't know that anybody would pick him up because he's actually making good money. He was he, and he's in his walk year, so he got arbitration. Uh, you know, the Cubs and him settled. I think he's making five million this year. He was hitting one sixty seven in Oakland <laughs> for Oakland, and we gave them something for him. Right. I my initial reaction to that is we want to keep the lines of communication open with Billy Bean and his and, and his guy there, whoever's the GM now, because Billy Bean got kicked upstairs. So, you know, if they do decide to move Sonny Gray or Josh Reddick, they'll, re- you know, they'll answer the phone when we call. Right. Because, we, you know, basically. Maybe they'll we, get Cog- give him Coglin back. Hey, <laughs> I thought they did Coglin a favor. Coglin's in his walk year, and he's looking. And once they sign, you know, Dexter Fowler, I don't know where Coglin's going to play. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, you had Schwarber and Soler that were going to be right. in, in left field. And basically, Schwarber took Coglin's job. Right. Schwarber's your left handed hitting option in left field. I mean, you know, I looked, you know, he was 0 for 7 against the Mets. He didn't do much against the Cardinals. His, his at bats went down, you know, the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, all I remember is him leaving guys on base. He had this one big game in Philly where he had like two triples and a homer or something on a Sunday. Right. And I think he only drove in one guy. <laughs> I, it's just maybe the guy's jinxed. I don't know. But I no, I, I do remember you saying that all last year that he just doesn't drive in any runs. He he drives he drove me nuts all season, and I I, I was so sick of the guy. I, he's a he's a great guy, I'm sure. I, everybody likes him, but I mean, you know, it comes down to production. And if you're not driving in runs when you have opportunities, I don't know what to call that. Right. The stat geeks say that there's no such thing as clutch. I have not heard them say there is no such thing as chokers. Okay. Right? I mean, if if you're batting average, if you're a 250 hitter, and you hit 250 with runners on base and 250 with runners in scoring position then I would say you're not a choker. Mm-hmm. If you're a 300 hitter who bats 200 with runners on base, then I'm like thinking, well, okay, you're a choker. Oh, I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know if choking is the right term. You know, you know maybe it isn't, but, you know. You're not a producer. If, if there's no such thing as clutch hitting. Right. Right. And we know kind of that there is. Right. So what is clutch hitting? Clutch hitting is the absence of choking. When there's guys on base right. in, in a high leverage situation, right? So I, I remember Ramos Ramirez was always good with guys on base. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe not so good with the bases empty, right? I saw it year after year, and well, he's not a clutch hitter. I saw Alfonso Soriano uh, three years ago, four years ago. They had him batting cleanup. Right. He had one RBI by the end of May. So what is that? You know, it got so bad that when they show your little, your own little slash mark line score stats underneath your name, they stopped showing them because <laughs> it would say one yeah, RBI. Right. He's your cleanup hitter. In a month and a half. In a month and a, in six weeks, you drove in one run. Yeah. You know, because he, he was terrible with guys. On, he was just awful. All he wanted to do was hit leadoff home runs. Right. I mean, it was weird. And oh, how much money did he make? I mean, oh, he's always happy and smiling at the ballpark. Well, yeah, he's happy. <laughs> you gave him one hundred thirty-two million dollars to years. stink. Yeah, yeah. Of course you're happy. Of course you're happy. <laughs> Please, I love it when I hear people talk about you know millionaires and billionaires. Oh, what a great guy! He's always in a great mood. I'm like, yeah, maybe he wakes up and you know checks his bank balance and he has a smile on yeah. his face. I don't I'm understand how you wouldn't. <laughs> It's still there. <laughs> so anyway, so that's our new player. We got we got Chris Coglin. Um I was tweeting back and forth with some people because the Cubs are still carrying three catchers. They they let go uh Neil Ramirez, by the way. Uh he got picked up by somebody. Well he got picked up, DFA'd, and then picked up again. Okay. So because I think Milwaukee was the first team to pick him up. He's not healthy. So until he gets healthy, I I wish the guy the best because I thought he was going to be really good and I was sad to see him go. But now we're down to 12 pitchers and now we have three catchers. You have David Ross and then you have uh, Montero and you have uh, Tim Federovic. You got yeah. T Fed. So, you know, people are saying, oh, you know, T Fed's going to get waived and all this stuff. And I'm like thinking, I don't think so. I think because Ross is 39 and because Montero is struggling so much last i looked he was had thrown two guys out in 31 attempts yeah uh, they were the they were talking during the game the other day about uh 
how poorly he is at throwing to the bag and everything is skipping in front of the bag. And He was poor last year. Yeah. I mean, the second half last year, and he had done, like, he had hurt his thumb or something and basically said, well, it's not going to get any better, you know, this year. So he kind of played through it. The fact is, is, is like, he is unable to control the running game at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, David right. Ross, David Ross behind the plate right now, the Cubs are a better team. Montero's also having a hard time blocking balls in the dirt. I mean, if you could possibly, if it's possible to be in a catching slump, then Montero's in a <laughs> catching in slump. <laughs> and so I don't see how you can, T-Fed's out of options. I don't see how you can get rid of that guy because you need him. Mm-hmm. Now, Wilson Contreras is the big, oh my God, the, he's hitting like 300-something. He looked great behind the plate in spring training, but, you know, he's green. Doesn't right. know the pitching staff. He's a he's a call away. You don't want to call him up. You want to give him a full season in AAA. You know, maybe bring him up at, when AAA's over. Bring yeah, him up in September, right. introduce him to everybody, let him start working with the major league pitchers. Arietta's hard to catch. Mm-hmm. His The stuff's like... I don't want to say it looks like wiffle ball. Did you see the new kind of wiffle ball they make? That, no. um, it, it's it's almost like it's uh, like a hexagonal thing or something. Okay. But there's certain pressure points where if you want it to curve left to right, you you hold it this way, right to left, you hold it this way, and then they give you like a little backstop that's supposed to be a strike zone. And it's I don't know how you hit this thing. <laughs> I have not I, seen I'm that. I'm dying to get one and take it to like a family picnic or something yeah. and play around with it because it looks like. You could throw like Jake Arrieta now because that's how much movement he has on his pitches. He's really hard to catch. You can't put a rookie in a pennant race behind the plate right. with Jake. And the go-to guy now, I mean, I know they're kind of like playing the lefty-righty thing with Montero and Ross. Um, Ross is the guy you want behind the plate right now. Mm-hmm. I checked it out. Uh, he had his 20th RBI right before we started the show. Right. He had nine last year. Yeah, his, last year he couldn't hit out of a white paper bag. His weighted runs created now is three times higher than it was last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's – you hear these things. Like, you hear these weird stories about, you know, somebody's, like, seriously, like, terminally ill. And all of a sudden they'll wake up one day and they'll just feel great, and it's like the last burst, and then they expire. Okay. So, something like that. Right. You know what I mean? And that's his season right now. He is having the season of his life. And he's he's just having a great time, and everyone's talking about him coming back next year, and it's kind of like the same thing with Poppy. Right. Well, you're playing so good, and it's like, well, part of the reason I'm playing so good is I know this is it. Yeah. I'm done. I'm relaxed. I'm gone. Yeah. And the the team rallies around Ross. If Ross gets hurt, he'll be in the dugout rooting everybody on, and then maybe you do bring up Contreras, and you keep three catchers. Because now, how can you count on Montero to catch in a big game Especially if Lester's pitching. Right. Well, they wouldn't do that anyway unless Ross was hurt. Well, but. well, yeah, but I'm saying if Ross gets hurt, what do you do? Yeah. So if, if you if you waive T-Fed or you trade T-Fed and now you, you're just – all you have is Ross and Miggy, and now you, you, know, you can't pinch hit for Ross, get him out of the game, save his legs. You can't do any moves like that. So I don't see them – I don't see them really – doing anything with Fedorovic. Right. So when Soler comes back, we also called up Alberto uh, Albert Elmora Jr. Mm-hmm. Can we just call him AA or Junior or something? Is he the only junior we have on the team? Can we call him Junior? Because sure. Because Albert Elmora sounds like Alberto VO5. I mean, it just sounds <laughs> odd, odd, you know, when I say it. Anyway, you know, he came up. 
first inning of his first major league game, uh, got a ball in left center. It was a bit on the shallow side, and they sent the runner, and he gunned him down. Mm-hmm. Nice one-hop throw. Guy's out by a mile. And uh, got his first hit. Made which, a diving catch. Yeah, made a diving catch. And is it just me, or are the corner outfielders now all sliding feet first into walls to make catches? Because I see that a lot now. That yeah. I, I don't well, remember seeing it that much some years ago. Like, it's the new technique is to slide when you're making a catch. When you're going. Well, yeah, when you're going towards the wall. When, yeah, when you're going toward the left yeah. or right field wall. Right. Is it? Yeah, I think that's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Maybe it's just me then, and I just think it's more, uh, like, more common. Or maybe more guys have learned to do it. Right. You know, or found They've out. They got better at it. As opposed to face planting yourself. Yeah. Or, you know, something like that. So that, I, I, I can't imagine them keeping him on the team if he's going to only get a couple of bats a week. He's too young. Right. So and and he's got plenty of options. So when Soler comes back, I, I have a feeling that Elmore is going to be sent yeah, down. Yeah, they probably won't keep him. When Listella comes back, I don't know what you do with Coglin. I really don't know what you do. And and the thing that really burns my britches was uh, uh, Jesse Rogers of ESPN was saying Kyle Hendricks blew up. Kyle Hendricks didn't blow up. I mean, I, I Hayward didn't understand had, that comment either. Yeah, I mean, Hay, Hayward had the home run in the palm of his hand and it popped out. Yeah. Okay, that's a run. But the fact is Coughlin misplayed a ball, I thought, that Almora would have caught in left field, went over to over his head for a double, and then when the guy hits a single to him, he throws home when he has no chance of getting the guy. The guy was well past mm-hmm. rounding third base on his way to home. He was at least one-third of the way home. I don't think Chris Coughlin throws a ball 200 miles an hour. I don't know that he thinks – I don't know what he thinks of his own arm, but the, the throw had no chance, and now the, the the guy who got the single is now on second base. Right. What, yeah, what is that? I, I, expect I don't that understand. From, you know, Solaire did that earlier in the year, and it's like, okay, you, you're moving from right to left. You got to think a little differently. But Coughlin's been in the league. He, you know, he's he's 30 years old. Right. If you're going to make plays like that in left field, and and your head is that messed up, I don't see how he's going to help. So I, I yeah, I don't understand how you say that Hendricks blew up. I mean, blowing up would be like giving up three in the first, three in the third, two in the fifth, eight yeah. runs. You're out of the game. He, he lost. He gave up four runs. Yeah, but they and, weren't really all his. The first right. one was unearned, but he, and it was on him. They gave up four runs, and they were still in the ball game. I mean, I yeah. don't, I don't consider that blowing up. I mean, you know, is it? I I is don't. Is it his best game? No, I don't know. But I I just I hate. Look, if you're going to be a reporter, then just report. If, if you're going to try to be, embellish it and stuff, be accurate. He didn't right. blow up. Uh, that really irked me because, you know, Hendricks has, like, lost a lot of tough games this year. And he, I thought he had rotten luck, and Coughlin didn't help him any. He didn't help himself with, a, with an error in the first. True. But then the guy on the mound is throwing a no-hitter. He's throwing a perfect game till Addison Russell, in like a nine-pitch at bat, hits the ninth pitch in the seats. Mm-hmm. And that's the only offense we really had all night long. Kyle Hendricks blew up. I just wanted to uh, throw something. You know what I, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you were driving. Well, <laughs> you, you try to be, you know, we're fair. Yeah, we've been doing these podcasts for a long time. I've knocked myself out to, like, avoid, like, ripping people, stuff like right. that. You should have heard these guys. So I go to the range, uh, was it Saturday, Saturday morning? I'm like, uh, I'm going to go to the range. You know as well as I do, I need all the practice <laughs> yeah. I can get. 
You, by the way, apparently never practice. No. Oh, well. I should. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I need to find, like, a place to chip and putt for a couple of hours and kind of iron some stuff out. But the putting is killing me. Anyway, so I decided to go to the driving range. And th- the problem with, with going to the diversity driving range is sometimes they have the, the golf instructor guys. Mm-hmm. And these guys talk and talk and talk and talk. So if I'm around them, I don't want to listen to whatever they're telling somebody because I got my own thing going. And so I slap on the headphones. And for some reason, I was like, well, let's see what's on ESPN radio. And they got Fred Hubner and this other guy. So I get a bucket of balls, and they start talking about Jason Hayward. And I, it takes me a long time to hit a bucket of balls. I'll hit, like, you know, 10 shots of one kind, maybe sit down, stretch my back, you know, whatever. An hour straight of – Jason Hayward, and here's how much money he's making this year. Okay, and then 2015, 2017. Oh, then it's uh, 23, 2018. Went through the whole contract twice. Right. Finally, I, I, I tweeted to ESPN. I'm like, look, he's not hitting. But you're going to spend an hour talking about, you know, how he's not hitting and how he's not living up to a contract when he's been in town for two months. Mm-hmm. And and this was after the Atlanta game on Friday night where he had a terrible day at the plate. I mean, he was like 0 for 4 with three whiffs. What does he do next day? Pounds the heck out of the ball. Hits a, a leadoff homer, or, well, he bats second. So starts the game with a home run. Mm-hmm. Smashed job. I mean, just crushed. And then the next game gets like three hits, and now all the people on Twitter that hate Jason Hayward are all gone. So that's right. good, and it's nice and quiet. And I'm like, uh, I'm so just what thinking, have you done for me lately? No, but these deal. like, I look, I, you, you're you're doing like radio, and you you want listeners, and maybe people respond to the negative more than the positive. I don't know that that's true, but I think that that's a perception. Oh, sure. And is next week when they do the show, are they going to talk about how great Jason Hayward was? No, no, they're going to talk no, about because Chris Coglin leaving guys on base because like they don't they they don't want people calling in and just saying, yeah, I totally agree with you. Good point. I mean, they want people calling. They want people to be irked. But they didn't take any calls. <laughs> so. You know, I, I maybe I'm the only guy listening. I don't know. Maybe. And then eventually they had a poll, right? And I guess it's kind of a push poll for Hayward haters. Like, who has a higher trade value right now? Jason Hayward or Alberto Elmora? So you got a guy who's played two games and the best right fielder in baseball with a huge contract. Who cares <laughs> right. what their trade value is because we're not trading them. They're not, I, I don't think they have any intention of trading Almora. No. Until they find, find out what is going to happen with Dexter Fowler. Fowler's in his walk year. They're going to extend him? Are, are they not? Are they going to let him walk, go on the market, and then come back and say, these guys offered me this. If you beat it, I'm yours. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. You know, that's Casey Close, I think, is his agent. I'll have to figure that out. But in the meantime, Elmore is a center fielder. And a defensive center fielder that's probably – you could probably put him in the same class as somebody like a Kermeyer or a Kevin Millar. Okay. Pilar, sorry. Pilar. Pilar, not Millar. Um, like, they talk about him in terms of him being that good defensively. Well, okay, with our lineup, if, if he's going to hit 240 and catch everything in sight, we'll keep him. Sure. So – and Jason Hayward, we just got him. Do you think the Cubs are going to like, oh, my gosh. What, what a waste his of OPS money. His OPS is like 700 <laughs> after two. Let's trade him. Yeah. Maybe we can get Ryan Braun. I mean, I just don't. 
The trade propositions that people are making in the last week have been off the charts stupid. Off the charts. First of all, it's crazy that talking trade when you're in first place by six games and your run differential is what? Six games. It's more like 10. Or whatever it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 150, 160. I don't know. You know, you're. 30 games over 500, whatever you are. And, 24. And, you know, and, and you're trying to already figure out ways. Everybody's trying to figure out ways to improve the team. Well, look, I mean. Which I know you can do. There are, but there are areas of concern with this team, even though they've been successful so far. And the real, you know, you, you start looking, and you were looking on MSN before the show while yeah. we were kind of like booting everything up. And they're talking about, oh, eight players that should be traded, which is half the Brewers, <laughs> right? Yeah, three Brewers. Jay, Jay Bruce. Uh, Julian Tehran. Uh, uh, Julio Tehran. Uh, how many f- calls did Atlanta get for him in the offseason they didn't want to move him? Right. Or they were trying to hold everybody up like they did for uh, Shelby Miller. Look what they got for Shelby Miller. Nobody is giving that up for Julio Tehran. Right. You know, and Tehran pitched good against the Cubs. I mean, the guy's obviously an arm worth having. It's just, I don't, you know, the idea somehow, Baez was untouchable in my mind. There was no way on earth they were going to trade Javi in the offseason until you really see what he can do. And now that you see what he can do, aren't you smart for not trading him? Because he's been great. Javi's been great. Right. That homer he hit uh, the other day, the three-run homer to make it 13-1, to uh, that was an interesting piece of hitting because that's a ball that I would think you would smash to right center, and he yanked it to left. He was that far ahead of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he, he's he got the ability, you know, what is it, hand-eye coordination, whatever. He can get his barrel on the ball, and the ball doesn't necessarily have to be in the strike zone. And he's bunting good. I mean, right. I, he bunts I think a lot. Some, yeah, probably too much. Yeah. Right, but. At the same time, if you have the ability, and the other guy on the team that, you know, is really good at bunting but has only done it once is Hayward. Hayward can bunt. A, the guy's 6'5". He's a grown man. Do you want him bunting? <laughs> I don't think so. But there are situations where I can see in, in a pennant race or in a playoff game when you have the ability to do certain things, you know, kind of opens up your arsenal as far as like, man, maybe we need to try to manufacture a run and get a lead and see what happens kind of thing. Right. So you have more options. The Cubs are all about options. We have options everywhere. Um, was that thunder? I don't know. That was a weird kind of Either sound. that or a firecracker. You think? Kind of reverberating. <laughs> um, so wacky trades, right? Yeah. Um, the talk this week has been... I, I just am, am kind of like, I don't know where somebody came up with Schwarber for Andrew Miller or Schwarber for Aroldis Chapman. You could hold a gun to Jed Hoyer's head and he doesn't make that I don't that think deal. he'll make that trade. I mean, the notion somehow that you're going to give up a position player, a left-handed power hitter to the Yankees who desperately want left-handed power hitters for a 70-inning-a-year guy is just insane. Nobody would do that. I don't know what uh, what you think of Andrew Miller. I think he's you know pretty. good. I like Andrew Miller. He's good. You know, but it's you're you're also going to trade for him, and is he even going to get seventy innings? 
Well, I, I think seventy is kind of the average. I mean, when I look through the contracts and you look at, you got most of your pitchers are pitching into the seventh and eighth innings anyway. Well, I our, mean, well, I don't know that that's going to continue. I mean, I mean, at some point, you know, maybe it sure. doesn't. But you know, a, 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 another setup guy who's left-handed mm-hmm. who could get guys like Bryce Harper out um, would be valuable. Yeah, and also, you know, the Giants have some left-handed hitters too. So the Cubs, they had a lot of lefties. Uh, the, I, and I've been saying this since the beginning of the season. The one thing the Cubs really lack is left-handed relief pitching. Well, the Yankees just happen to have the two they best lefty relievers. <laughs> is Nate? No, he's. Do you have a lefty reliever? Zach Duke. Zach. Okay. Well, I don't think he's quite in the same class. No. But you know, the Yankees have Andrew Miller and uh, Aroldis Chapman. Chapman's in his walk here. I mean, how much you want to pay a closer? Right. You know, I you're don't going know. to give up a Schwarber for no for a Chapman that you're going to have to pay next year. Well, no, no, and that was the thing that you need to read Moneyball because one of the takeaways from Moneyball is how closers are overrated. Remember, uh, they had Billy Coke or Billy Koch, mm-hmm. whatever they you know they flipped him for you know for more. Yeah, right. So you yeah. get a you get a good arm and you let him close, build up his stats, and somebody gives you a lot for him. Well. Andrew Miller's got kind of a nasty breaking ball that looks awfully hard to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not Zach Britton, you know, with no, that power sinker. Not, yeah, his is a uh, left-to-right movement more and yeah. down, but um, and he throws hard. I don't know if he gets – how. I don't think he's you – know, he's not uh, 98, 99, but I think he's probably 95. Well, look, I mean, the thing about Chapman is, you know – he, the guy throws 100 miles an hour, but he has he ever pitched in a playoff game? Has he ever pitched in a in a meaningful game? I mean, the Reds. Yeah, not that I could think of. The Reds were in the wild card four years ago. I I mean I don't I don't know I I think picking up Chapman would be good for the Cubs simply because you know Soler would have a a uh what do you, not a patriot a compatri- a compatriot on the team because they're both from Cuba. Mm-hmm. So I think that would maybe make Soler happy to have another Cuban sure. around. Um, I, I don't know. Not that. I don't know if that's why you would make the trade. <laughs> well, well, no, but Chapman's in his walk here. So he's basically a rental. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cubs have a lot of guys that I think the Yankees would like to have. Well, of course. I, I don't know that the Yankees consider that they're out of it, but won't they soon? They can't hit. No. You know, and they haven't hit all year, and I don't see... And everybody on their team is hurt, 40 years old. Well, yeah, and what's Teixeira's got, like, a knee, and maybe won't be back or something? Oh, really? Or, I didn't hear that. Or, or well, what is it? Yeah, I mean, I, I it's sort of like, I don't, I don't... You look at how Baltimore's hitting the ball, you look at how Boston's hitting the ball, and you're the Yankees, what, seriously? You're going to catch those guys? And you have Toronto. Right. That's a nasty division to have bad starting pitching, which the Yankees' starting pitching has not been good. So a lot of people are talking about trading for Andrew Miller and giving up Schwarber, which is stupid. But I don't know what a 70-inning guy is worth, but an everyday power-hitting left-handed hitter is worth way more. Sure. I mean, that was the thing when, uh, when they traded Kashner to the Padres and got Anthony Rizzo. You know, I didn't think the Padres should have made that trade. Kashner sure looked good. Looked like it could be a number one. Yeah. You know, uh, 
kind of like Syndergaard, but, you know, not quite the velocity. And Rizzo hadn't done much, you know. But a, a position player who plays 162 games versus a guy who's going to play 33. Uh, how do you weigh that? So you, you're looking at prospects that, you know, maybe you could give the Yankees. Two guys come to mind automatically because they're blocked, and that's Candelario and Vogelbach. I'd give them those two for Andrew Miller, and I'd be fine with that. Okay. You know, I, th- I think there's plenty of depth for us at third. I don't know about first, you know, but Dan Vogelbach isn't going to come up and, you know, do much, I don't think. They're not going to give him that chance. You can't have him sitting on the bench. He can't play the outfield. You can't have him sitting on the bench waiting for Rizzo to need a mm-hmm. day off. Right. I mean, that's just dumb. But I, you Well, know, now especially since they put Baez at first whenever they give Rizzo a day off. Well, they had Bryant there. And then I said on the show, I don't like it. I'd rather see Baez there. And then the last time Rizzo had a day off, they had Baez right. there and Bryant at third. And I'm like, okay, this works. But it was, t- you know, Baez, you know, kind of had a little, made a couple of problems over there. Oh, did he? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's one of, the, it, you know, the judgment things about whether you cover the bag or go get the bun mm-hmm. and stuff like that when it's kind of in no man's land or in between you. Take some experience. Right. You know, so Sure. But as far as his glove, oh, he's fine there. I don't like Bryant at first. I know he's 6'5". Bryant doesn't look like Bryant likes Bryant at first. <laughs> Bryant, Bryant just looks like you better throw it to me and you better not make me, you know, Move. lean over and pick it. <laughs> Here's my glove. Yeah. All right? This is your target. <laughs> throw a strike. And, and when he's over there at first, you see these guys kind of real deliberate. Okay, where, where's his <laughs> glove? I'm going to hit his glove. So uh, that is not something I ever want to see. I never want to see Bryant at first. I don't care if he's in right or left or center I'm not wild about him playing short, you know. But, well, you know, third base outfield, that's fine. I have, I have no problem with that. Um, But, yes, some of these people with the trade things, I'm, I'm just I, – I don't I mean, know how they value I don't know things. how they brought up a, a Schwarber for a Miller, but are there people out there that actually think that's a good idea? Yeah. That's what I find shocking. We need to disabuse people of the notion that this is a good idea. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I get it. Schwarber's not going to play this year. So you think somehow you're, you're getting something over. The guy may have a 15-year career. Right. How long is Andrew Miller going to last? He's got, he's got two years. How long do relievers last? How many setup men pitch for 15 years? The relievers kind of get burned out. The max effort guys with the 70 innings and go get up, get warm and stuff. How many relievers yeah, have been in the league for 20 years? He, I mean, there's Because he could be a closer, but you have a closer. So you don't need to, you don't need to put him in the closer role. You're not going to lose. Uh, well, he closed. Did he close last year or Batances? Miller did when Batances was hurt, I believe. Miller okay. did close some games. Yeah, and he was fine. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing is he's a lefty. So, I mean, if there are no lefties to face him, you know, his splits against righties are pretty good. So, I mean, he can get righties and lefties right. out. Yeah. He just, you know. James Russell had a couple of good years as a lefty guy, and by the time he was 31, he couldn't really get much on the ball anymore. He started getting hammered everywhere he went. I mean, eventually that happens to everybody. So Andrew Miller, if he pitches three years and and starts to decline, where's Schwarber going to be in three years? I mean, it's just dumb. I mean, you you just long-term planning, no. You you don't kill the future of your franchise to get a guy – to pitch the eighth inning. You'd make a deal and get another strope somewhere. Right. Right? 
and and maybe well, we, especially when you're in the position you're in now. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, some teams might make that trade, you know, because they need them to make the playoffs. The the trade for Schwar- if Schwarber's going to get traded, it's going to be to Oakland in some sort of Sonny Gray plus Doolittle mm-hmm. kind of deal when Oakland is ready to you know admit they're maybe, out of it. Yeah, and but Theo's not stupid. And, you know, John, uh, Sonny Gray's not had a great year. All the guys that the Cubs were talking about picking up have had crappy years. Tyson Ross, uh, Carlos Carrasco, Danny Salazar, they've been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Julio Tehran pitched good against us, but no one else. You know, I, mean, I don't think his record's all that great. He's had like three He's good like games. He's like two and six, but. Um, yeah, nobody hits for him. Who's yeah. two and six? You're talking about Tehran? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think it it said what is, yeah, two and six. You know, one of the ERA is two eighty five. I mean, yeah. A, well, a, the team's terrible, right? I mean, I don't. The again, you know, you have to. Atlanta's going to have to look at their system, look at their organization, and figure out what their timeline is, and what how you know if if they're two years away from contending, w- what state is Julio Tehran going to be in? Is it going to be in his walk year? I mean, do they want to extend him? What can you get for him? I mean, if the Cubs traded for a guy like that, they may very well have to give up somebody in the rotation. Mm-hmm. They may have to give up Kyle Hendricks. They may a deal for Sonny Gray and one of the if there's a good reliever in the bullpen there. You said Doolittle was good. Yeah, yeah. It, it, let, let's say Sonny Gray and Doolittle would cost you Hendricks, Hendricks and Schwarber, Hendricks and Schwarber. Man, I don't. I. It's still tough to do. That's that. That is a hard one to do because it, I. I told, but I agree with you on the fact of it's it's late inning relief, but it's not game winning relief, so to speak. I mean, it can be, but well, but seventy seventy plus innings compared to a guy that's going to play every day. It just you know that's tough to do if you're going to rework your your pitching staff a little bit to get a, a late inning guy like a Doolittle and, and get a Sonny Gray and get rid of you know Hendrick then I could kind of understand it but just like a yeah a one player swap for for yeah, uh, that's just that's an just everyday absurd. left fielder as opposed to we have another Hendricks in the farm system who actually throws a little harder uh Ryan Williams oh yeah yeah he uh I watched him in the uh, spring training game. Everything's down. Everything's down. Everything's down. He's like a starting pitcher who's like Zach Britton, but seven miles an hour slower, five miles an hour slower. But to pitch in Wrigley and just pound the bottom of the zone all day long with late movement, he's a ground ball machine. Right. That's what Hendricks is trying to do. I don't know how Sonny Gray pitches. For one, he's tiny. He is. What is he, five foot one? (laughs) I think he's slightly taller than that. I mean... When you put him in a Cub uniform, he'll get lost in the little, like, mosh pit they make on a win because all the guy, all our guys apparently have to be 6'4 and 6'5. We, we should look that up. Who, the average height of a Cub versus the average height of any other team has got to be like we're an inch and a half taller than everyone. Uh, you, you know that, that I would not know. Well, our pitchers are tall. Right. Mackie's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Lester's 6'4". Arietta's 6'4". Rizzo six four, Bryant six five, Hayward six five, Fowler six five. Addison Russell's over six feet tall. He's like six one. 
Right. Baez is six one, six feet. Even Al Moore is six feet. He looks tiny. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's just sort of like we're a volleyball team. I'm telling you, man. We got we got spikers, and then the only problem is your your setter is going to be Montero. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, if you could get it there, probably won't be able to set the ball high enough. Yeah, I I. <laughs> I don't know. Montero's having a terrible year, and and I don't really know what to make of it. But I will say this: you know, David Ross has exceeded anyone's expectations beyond anyone's oh, wildest sure. dreams as far as like how well he's played. Yeah, and, uh, and he's getting more. Watch. He's getting more playing time because of it. I mean, it, it was it was looking for a while there, you know, like the beginning of the season, he was going to, you know, be lack or uh, Lester's catcher and. Maybe get a well, game. Well, originally, in- yeah. Originally, he was going to catch Lester, and Schwarber, I believe, was going to catch Hamill, mm-hmm. and then they were going to work out the rest. Okay, three-man rotation for catching, and then Schwarber's out in the outfield on other days. You remember I wrote the article. I wasn't wild about it. I was kind of like, look, once you're done with the road trip, because right. we had the uh, Angels at the beginning, so we had a DH, then we had three with Arizona. Send him to... Uh, uh, Iowa mm-hmm. and catch every day for three weeks because that's the last chance he's ever going to get to do it, right? And then either you're going to make him a catcher or you're going to make him a left fielder and stop splitting his time. Right. Well, that all went out the window of in course. like the third game it, of the season. It, yeah. So now, what what are you going to do? I for, what, what am I even talking about now? I've totally lost <laughs> my own point by going on a tangent because I love Schwarber. I just. I want the guy on my team. I want the guy sitting next to me on on the bus on the way to the airport. I mean, I think he's that kind of a guy. You know, it's it's like people like me. He's, he's down home, kind sure. of country, you know, country strong, whatever. I mean, I, I just think that every team – I, I don't know much about Billy Butler, but he, he he's the guy I think of. Billy Butler? Yeah, I, I think of him as Billy Butler as far as – Butler's right-handed, I think. Yeah. A right-handed hitter. He is. But they're the same kind of physical build. Yeah. Right? Butler's a little stocky, but stone-cold hitters. Right? Well, every team in the American League needs a DH. Right. And as much as I would hate to lose Schwarber, he's got to go to the American League if you're going to trade him. And the only pitching available in the American League – right now is with Oakland because Cleveland is in first place. They ain't moving anybody. Right. Right. So who does Atlanta want for Julio Tehran? I'm pretty sure we offered them Solaire and prospects and they turned us down. I mean, for Shelby Miller, they got Dansby Swanson and a bunch of other prospects. I mean, how smart does Arizona look right now? Shelby Miller's on the shelf and has done nothing. Right. So you, you talk about making these trades. I mean, it's like, at some point, you know, there's a pucker factor. Because once you've crunched the numbers and you've done everything, it's still a matter of, like, what's this going to do to the team's chemistry if you trade Schwarber? You know, because at the beginning of the season, he's he's a core guy. He's one of your untouchables. Yeah. Like Schwarber and Bryant and, and you know, I think Baez too. Rizzo, you're not moving these guys. This is your team. Well, do you think it would affect team chemistry since he's – I mean, how much is he around? I think he's around when they're home. Probably is. You know, he's, he's doing his be rehab. Yeah, he's yeah. rehabbing here, and then he's yeah. kind of, you know, he does his rehab work in the morning. He hangs out in the dugout and watches the games and talks to the guys. And, right. You know, I'm sure it's eating him up inside not being able to play, but, you know, 
suck it up and move on. What else can yeah. you do? You sure. know what I mean? The the last report I heard is he was able to almost bend his knee. And I'm like, oh, gosh, that's, you know, that's great. <laughs> I just don't want him getting hurt in the dugout during some celebration. He better, like, double brace uh, yeah. the, bad, the bad wheel, right? So it, the funny thing is the uh, the Royals, they ended up losing two guys on that little collision playing the White Sox uh, around third base in the foul territory. Yeah. They lost Alex Gordon, and they lost Moustakas for the year. And the Schwarber one looked worse. So I guess, Yeah, I didn't get to see the play uh, that hurt those guys. It, it was just kind of a knee knocker with them going one direction and one going the other. But then Gordon hurt his wrist, and Moustakas uh, tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it can happen at any time, you know, these injuries and stuff. So you got to have some depth. Our farm system, we're loaded with players. Yeah. We just don't have any arms. The fr- we had the draft. The first 18 picks we had, we took 16 pitchers. Did and you almost really? all of them were college. And it's like, well, it's okay. It's about time. Let's load up some arms. What I, what, the one thing I will say, you know, as far as, like, getting uh, the relief help, there is a guy in the minors. I think he's in double-A. His name is Dylan Cease. He's got a plus fastball. And he, uh, I think he's already had, <clears throat> he's already had Tommy John, so that that worry is kind of away. I don't know if they project him to be a starter or not, but you know, a power arm to come out of the bullpen in the late innings is invaluable. If you can throw strikes, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't oh, throw absolutely. strikes, we can't use well. you. Well, Cincinnati can, yeah, because <laughs> they're trying to set a record for walks by a bullpen. God, they're terrible. All right, so, well, I guess one more thing. One last thing on the, the in need of left-handed relief help. Which we do need. You do need it. Yeah. Uh, they just brought Travis Wood in to get a couple lefties, walked one, got the other guy out. But I don't think you guys need it as bad as giving away Schwarber. You don't need it that bad. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where we really want to win this year. I, well, but sure. I we want to win every year. Right. I think that we have the makings of, I hate to say it, but, you know, you look around the league and you look at the age of teams and everything, you've got the makings of a dynasty here. Mm-hmm. You've got the makings of a team that's going to be in the playoffs every year for uh, the next two, three, four years. Right. Right? I and, mean, I mean, you've got, you got enough loaded talent. Or, you know, if, if I, I can't imagine that they would only say, like, it's Schwarber or nothing. You you can instead of like yeah, you, you hang up the phone. Vogelbach and yeah, and another guy or Candelario. You, you give up, yeah. give up. Proven, yeah, get, proven minor league talent, but unproven major league talent yeah. yet. And, Top and level give prospect. A, give them a couple of them in, instead of yeah, you know, maybe one. You know, put Vogelbach and Candelario and somebody else on the A list, and then say you have one from the A list, and then the right. B list would be maybe. Donnie DeWeese or something, or Billy McKinney, or who we got along with Addison Russell for the Samarja Hamill thing, mm-hmm. and be like, because they're they're also kind of blocked, and it gives you would give them some depth. I mean, the Yankees want to get younger; they want to get more athletic, which is why they you know took Castro. Yeah, right. Who's I think Castro's done exactly what they wanted him to do. I mean, he's he's hit the ball. Yeah, I haven't seen he's played I haven't a good seen second any base. Of his numbers lately, but he was you know yeah well, a month ago he was doing fine. He's he's an upgrade to who they had playing second last yeah. year. I mean, and it's like okay, and they have that need... they have that young shortstop. Yeah, and but uh, then everybody else is. But I mean, aging. look at look at their third baseman. I mean, he's underperformed badly. 
and Heimer Candelario can play third. So I don't know why you wouldn't want to have that guy. Ooh, they didn't they didn't waste any time. They brought in Rondone. Uh, with one out in the eighth? Yeah. A five out save? Well, okay. Go get him Hector. And put um, Elmore in left. Yeah, a couple of more things before we wrap it up. Um we're gonna try to have a a real discussion. You know, last week we kind of glossed over the whole Wrigleyville thing. Yeah. In the last podcast. Yeah, thing a little things have changed a little bit. In terms of didn't they did they ever sign the agreement? Well, apparently they thought they had it and the deal fell through and it's a kind of a lot of moving parts. You've got the alderman and the mayor and Ricketts like basically trying to figure out a way to keep everyone happy, right. which I'm not really on board with in the first place. So there's some philosophical questions as far as like what the Cubs own property and shouldn't they be able to do what they want with it versus, right. well, we don't want it to be Ricketsville versus all the bar owners don't really want competition versus all the neighbors don't want more noise, although they're like the people yelling about airplanes and they bought a house 40 <laughs> right, right feet from the runway. airport. <laughs> and then, you know, as soon as the thing closes, they're like, well, let's start calling the tower. Hey, that was too loud. You know? Yeah. That kind of thing. So you, you strike balances with these things. And, and I actually, you know, was tweeting with uh, a guy that I, I want to get on the podcast. So we're going to try to hook up and have a discussion for everybody and kind of go over some of the issues with that Wrigleyville patio, because I think it would be awesome. Nothing is cooler about Wrigley than having Waveland full of people with baseball gloves. Remember when Sosa was hitting them out and everything? Or, you know, it's a playoff game. People don't have tickets, so they're just standing outside on Waveland cheering on their team, Mm -hmm. wearing their cubby blue. And, you know, everybody wants to be part of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's why, you know, Clark Street gets closed down and everybody's whooping and hollering and celebrating. And that's part of what's cool about the Cubs is we don't get many chances to do this. Right. Now we got a really good chance to do it. Let's not blow it kind of thing. So we're going to try to uh, have a podcast for that next week. Hopefully we can record that on Tuesday. Um, Right now we're we're in in a death battle with the uh, Nationals. It's the bottom of the eighth. We're down or we're up a run. run. And they're threatening. They got a guy on with one out, and they just brought in Rondon. Just so you know. First and third. Oh, first and third now. Rondon gave up a hit? Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I don't know how this game's going to turn out. Uh, But then the Cubs play early tomorrow, getaway day. Oh, yeah, they do play a day game tomorrow. Yeah, they play a gay day day game. That's Uh, tough to say. Yeah, and they got to see Strasburg. Right. He did not pitch in Chicago. So it'll be Strasburg against uh, Jason Hamill. Then the Cubs get Thursday off. And I like kind of what they did with their rotation. I mean, some people are complaining that Arietta and Lester aren't pitching against the Nationals. Nobody should care. Right. Because the goal is win your division. That is the goal of the team. Win your division. So we got division series coming up hey, back to less back. Less chances Washington gets to see those guys, the better. Well, what do you mean? Like if you have to play them in the playoffs. Well, that too. Yeah. I, I kind of, you know, they talked about that early in the year about kind of hiding people. But um, I want Lester and Arietta pitching against the Cardinals and the Pirates mm-hmm. because those are the teams that we need to put in our rearview mirror and then hit the gas, which we've managed to do so far. Now, uh, the Pirates have fallen on some rocky times and are going to be very sorely tested. Cervelli's out for at least six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, meniscus 
maybe more like two months, and now Garrett Cole's got a lame arm. So they lost their starting catcher, who's pretty important to that lineup, and their their ace. And then Liriano goes out and, and throws a dud against the Cardinals. And so they get swept by the Cardinals. The Cardinals have now passed them, and it's the Cardinals in second when the Pirates have been basically in second right. since. Uh, Cardinals are playing pretty well. They're hitting the ball well. They're not catching it all that great. Well, yeah, they haven't um, done that all year. Yeah. So they're a team, you know, they're kind of all swinging for the fences kind of team. So uh, I don't really know what to make of them. So we'll see. They'll they'll be the, the Pirates come in uh, for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then we play uh, three with the Cardinals. So we'll be in a very interesting position for our next podcast as far as like where the Cubs are right. in relation to everyone else. Have we gained ground? Have we lost ground? I think for this for the tracksuit road trip, I said, you know, as long as we just add on, as far as like you know, games over five hundred, that's success. So far, we're four and three. With two to go. So at the worst, we lose one game on a road trip, three city road trip, and you know we got a chance to uh, you know come out ahead. Yeah, we win one of these next two games. Right. So I'd like to see us win tonight to set us up for tomorrow. I don't know if that's going to happen, um, but it'll be interesting. The uh, next week we'll probably also do a White Sox podcast. I know we haven't done one lately. And they, I guess they need us because when we were doing <laughs> There hasn't our, been much to talk about, that's for sure. Well, not, not much positive. I mean, everybody, you know, talking about firing Ventura, uh, I was going back and forth with uh, Chris Ranji. And it's like, look, I'm not complaining. But everybody knew at the beginning of the season, including Robin, was that if they got off to a slow start, he was probably going to be gone. Right. And they got off to a good start. And then they managed to play the worst they now have the worst record in baseball after the first three weeks. I mean, right. it's been terrible. You guys pulled one out last night, and you need to you need to win. If you want Robin Ventura as your manager, you have to win, because if they keep losing, eventually they're they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna pull the plug. They're sure. gonna have to. Right. You see, they're trying to do things. They DFA'd uh, Jimmy Rollins. They DFA'd uh, Matt Latos. Uh, Matt Latos, who was four and zero. With like some insane ERA in April, and we were both laughing. Yeah, and we knew that wasn't gonna you know last, continue. At least four outings, he couldn't get past the into the sixth inning. Yeah, and yeah, so and you know maybe it was premature. Maybe you put him in the bullpen and see if if you can work it out. I mean, I, I don't you know, it it seems like the Sox are are like, you know, like the way they you know Danks got four or five starts and that was it. Lados five bad starts, that's it. Jimmy Rollins, I don't know what you expected out of a 37-year-old veteran shortstop, but well, I don't I, think – I'm not sure he really underperformed. But at some point, I, you're like, let's bring up – Anderson was hitting in the minors. He was hitting over 300 and stuff. And it's like, well, if we're going to bring up Anderson, we, we can't can't keep Rollins. Right. What are you going to do, send Saladino down? He's played better. Yeah. So that that's one of those cruel – I actually thought Rollins things. got more playing time – than I thought he was going to get when he made the team. Yeah. He he and, was your starting shortstop yeah. opening day. I thought that was going to be Saladino. Right. And it wasn't. So I, I don't know if Rollins is going to – who needs a shortstop? I mean, maybe the maybe the Cardinals will pick him up. I mean, if uh, this Diaz kid, you know, they don't really have a good backup. They uh, DFA'd Ruben Tejada, who got picked up by someone else. Okay. So we'll, we'll see. 
he knows the National League. He knows how to play. I don't think he wants to be the 25th guy. I think Rollins wants to play. I just don't sure. know. I don't know who, who needs a shortstop. Yeah, I don't Do either. the Mets need him? I mean, how badly did he play? I, I didn't you think know? he played that poorly. Yeah. He didn't hit. I, well, I don't think he was, you know, but you know, defensively not... he was fine. You know, I mean. A veteran defensive shortstop with a championship ring. A, there aren't that many out there. He still made good plays and yeah. showed range. Yeah, I I don't have a real good a real good handle on how the White Sox do things and how they make decisions and stuff like that. Be, and and they generally surprise me. I think I've got a real good handle on how the Cubs do things. And Theo's pretty shrewd. The, it, whether it's Theo and Jed or Jed or Theo or however, you know, if it's a kind of a cooperative thing and and they talk to Madden about players cuz you know Madden's a very observant guy. Um they don't the Cubs don't panic. The Cubs are not in a hurry and the Cubs don't get ripped off. You know, you look at that Feldman the way they flipped Feldman. They got his numbers up and flipped them and yeah. got uh I liked Steve Clevenger too. People forget he was part of the deal that brought Arietta and Strope over. And you know, Strope did like very little in Baltimore. So somebody was on the ball mm-hmm. as far as like seeing what this guy could become. Um what was the other trade that they did that was really good? Well, Coglin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guy Which we got time? for Coglin. Well, the, the guy, we traded Coglin in the offseason to make room for Fowler and got a guy that wasn't even able to pitch when we got him. And he's like, well, maybe by May. I don't think the guy's uh, laced him up yet. Is it Aaron Brooks? Uh, that Yeah. Yeah, we got that, Aaron Brooks. Yeah, he, he's sitting right. in the minors. Uh, now they're talking about Joe Nathan. Joe Nathan's going on a rehab assignment. He's, like, pitching in the uh, – I think San Francisco extended spring training, and then he's going to start going in the minors on a rehab assignment. And this guy's Isn't talking he 41 about forty-one years old. Yeah, they're talking about Joe Nathan. They may be counting on him, like really? Fernando Rodney last year. Like, a, a, and I'm like Joe Nathan. <laughs> I know Rossi's doing really good, but he's forty-one. I what kind of expectations? How can about you that have? battery? Nathan no. throwing to Ross, 80, 80 years old. 80, combined age of combined 80? age of eighty. <laughs> What's the oldest battery in history? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, because you know, Pudge did Pudge ever catch Nolan Ryan or Jamie Moyer? Not that it, no, I don't think so. What about like Ivan Rodriguez late in his career? Because Jamie Moyer pitched. He was pretty old. Did he pitch forty nine years old or something? No, not that old. I mean, not that old. Not that old. Well, Ryan might, was might have 45. pitched till he was forty five. Well, Moyer. Okay, but uh, forty. There aren't too many forty-year-old catchers, you know. But that 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 would be an interesting thing. What's the oldest battery in history? Yeah, <laughs> and and don't throw out like Satchel Page to somebody. You you know what I mean? Right. Because did he have a cup of coffee in the majors? You know, late late <laughs> in his career or something. The Sox did pick up Justin Morneau. Yeah, that was the other thing, and I'm like thinking, I thought he. Retired with like concussion symptoms I so or too. something, but, but apparently it, he's got he. It's an elbow thing. Yeah, yeah. He won't be ready till like August or something. But August, I thought that's what I read. I I'm I'm wondering if if the Cubs should like sign Greg Holland, who's a closer for KC that got Tommy John. Yeah, give him a million bucks to rehab on on your time on your dime, right? Somebody's gonna do it, right? Why you know I he maybe he wants more maybe he's like well I I want a four year deal for forty million dollars and it's like well as soon as you're well give us a call yeah right so 
Uh, who's the other? There's another. Is it Peralta? We signed another guy who's 40. Uh, Peralta is in the minors. Is it Joel Peralta? From what position? He's a pitcher? relief pitcher. Yeah. From, oh, that, from Seattle? Yeah. And I'm like, I, I tweeted something like, well, he can room with Joe Nathan. They could talk about the 90s. I'm like, two 40-year-old <laughs> pitchers in the minors? you got to be kidding Back me. Back in the day. I know, I know <laughs> pitching is hard to find, but I mean, seriously? <laughs> so I don't know. That is kind of more interesting stuff. So anyway, we will be back next week with some interesting stuff. Uh, you'll play the closing music, and we'll wish everybody well. The Back Row Boys, we're out.